0: Well, we know that most great people are valued for their lives. Um, for some, it's their leadership of nations and military success, Alexander the Great, Winston Churchill. Others, it's their ability in, the, in science or the arts, Albert Einstein, William Shakespeare. For others, it's in the world of sport, Muhammad Ali, Tiger Woods, Serena Williams. But we turn our minds today to someone very different. Someone whose love and wisdom and life exceeded that of even the greatest of people, but who is valued and loved all over the world thousands of years later, not actually so much for his life, but for his death. Mahatma Gandhi said of the death of Jesus that it was a perfect act. Here he said was a man who was completely innocent, completely innocent, but who offered himself as a sacrifice for the good of others, even for his enemies. And Christianity is, uh, in Christianity, the cross is the center of everything. The theologian Leon Morris said, Christianity is a religion about a cross. And we can't be absolutely certain of the date that it happened. Um, April the 7th, A.D. 30 is the most likely, the boffins tell us. But thanks to Jesus himself, we can be sure of the significance of his death and the difference that it should make to our life. Can I ask you to turn back a couple of pages in John's Gospel to chapter 12 on page 899? And I'm going to read to us Uh, The few verses, 23 to 26, that were Jesus' own explanation of what would be happening as he went to the cross. So on page 899, starting at verse 23, Jesus said, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone but if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life will lose it, and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me, and where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. I've got just two brief... Thoughts that I hope will guide our reflection for the remainder of our time together. The first is about the power of the cross, its power. And you'll see that Jesus is focusing relentlessly upon the cross. He, he calls it his hour. You'll have heard interviewers ask people who have had a successful career in film or music or sport, what was your greatest achievement? And Jesus wouldn't have hesitated Because his death was the whole reason that he was born. He calls it his glory. It's the the moment he is revealed most clearly as the king and God that he is. And it's all to do with what his death accomplishes. He makes the point with this illustration of, of the grain of wheat. If the farmer keeps his seed in the barn, it achieves nothing. But when he buries it in the ground, then a plant from that single grain can grow that can produce 30, 60, even a hundred more. And his point is that his death is not only necessary but powerful. That his death would yield a fruit of eternal life for all who believe and trust in him. And today is a great day for you and I to dwell on that personally. Maybe I can speak directly to any here who call themselves Christians, because uh, apart from the death of Jesus, it's true that you personally were dead spiritually. Uh, The Bible says that you were without hope and without God in the world that you were cut off from your maker, that you were his enemy, and you were destined to spend all eternity without him, without anything good to enjoy, no fun, no friends, no family, no fulfillment, just harrowing pain and agony as you paid the penalty for your own sin. And more than that, You and I were completely powerless to do anything about it. No religious endeavor, no moral effort, no sacrifice that we could make would make any difference at all. We were dead forever. But then we're going to hear of the man of sorrows who set his face to walk that lonely road to Jerusalem and who prayed not my will, but yours be done, and who carried a cross and died in your place. He was bearing the full weight of the Father's wrath against your sin, and he was doing it so that you might live. I trust that any who know the love of God who know the Lord Jesus Christ, will want to take the time this afternoon to stop and say thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died for me. And of course, we can multiply that story as well. Uh, Because I can look at friends of mine, family members even in this room, and know that apart from the death of Jesus, they too would be forever dead. But now they live eternally even if they die so I can pray thank you Lord for dying for them and it's true millions and millions of times over all through history all over the world men and women from every tribe and tongue and nation live because the son of man died that is the power of the cross We don't often glory in death. Why would we? But we can glory this afternoon in the death of the man upon the cross. But alongside the power of the cross, I want to encourage us to reflect this afternoon upon its pattern as well. The pattern of the cross. Because the death of Jesus is not only the Christian salvation, but the pattern, the template for our life. Jesus says in verse 26 here, if anyone serves me, he must follow me. And he means that just as he served his father by going to his death, so too we serve him by denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following him in a life of self-forgetting self-sacrifice. That's what this rather cryptic verse 25 means as well. Jesus isn't saying there's a prize for being miserable. He's saying if, he, if I cling on tightly to a life in which I ignore him and refuse to serve him. Then I'll stay dead forevermore. But if I turn my back on that life of self and sin. If I trust in his death on the cross. Then I will live forevermore. So as well as being a day of gratitude, it is a genuinely good Friday. But today is also a day of challenge. Because as we watch Jesus walking towards his death, unwavering in his allegiance to his Father, unswerving in his love for sinners like us, so he commands us, invites us to follow in his steps. And to many, I suspect that sounds like a burden or a chore. Uh, I came across a lovely sentence written by Samuel Rutherford, a Scottish guy from a few hundred years ago, who reminds us that the opposite is true. He said, the cross of Christ is the sweetest burden that I ever bore. It is a burden as wings are to a bird or sails are to a ship because it carries me forward towards my harbour. And Jesus speaks of that harbour here in verse 26. Yes, we must follow him. But as we sing sometimes, the sky and not the grave is our goal. Jesus passed through the grave to glory. And today is a day to give thanks that if we've trusted in him, we will join him one day. He says, if anyone serves me, The Father, God the Father, will honor them. And he means that he'll honor them on the last day and forevermore. As I close then, I I know that there are many in our congregation, some even here now, who are enduring real pressure and facing real trials at the moment. You're living with the pain of losing friends and family. Living with the strain of caring for the elderly and unwell. There are money troubles and mental health concerns. The list goes on. I hope if you know people like that, you'll remember them and pray for them in the quiet today. But as we do, Good Friday reminds us that the day is coming when in just a twinkling of an eye, All of our tears will be gone forevermore. And in that hope, we rejoice today. Two very brief thoughts then that I hope you'll be willing to turn over in your mind as we hear this account of Jesus' death read to us. The power of Jesus' death is that it gives eternal life to anyone and everyone who would believe in him. And the pattern of Jesus' death shapes the life of all of his people until that day.